Today's episode of The Throwback is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think football tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. It's the throwback. Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler. We're ready for week seven. Next week is going to be halfway through the season already, which is just nuts. And for the fantasy season, technically we are halfway through because most of you start in week 14. If not, it's going to be week 15 and 16. So, guys, is this the fastest season? Because we were just talking about before we came on the show. I don't know if it's because all the trade questions I get in the comments, but I think it's more so the waiver column, Chris, is like, I'm at the point with the running backs where I said, you legitimately can't drop anybody. Like we've already gotten to the point where it's, I'm telling people like, Hey, Frank Gore is a solid option. I can't believe he's still out there. You should have picked him up by the, like the fact that I'm saying that it kind of feels like, are we that far into the season already? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Time flies. It really does. I don't know what it is. Maybe we're getting a little bit older time flying days seem shorter. Uh, it's a busy month, October. It's a busy <laughs> back of my day. Days were 73 hours. <laughs> I don't know, man, I, but I'm, I'm there with you yesterday. I did the athletic chat and it was the busiest chat and, and Tuesday at noon, I do the live chat for people. And it was the busiest one by far. And I think it's just, some people are panicking. We're at the point now, like you said, we're halfway to fantasy football playoff time. Some people want to know what to do with their roster, right? Hey, I'm sitting pretty. Should I be buying guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and and Hopkins like always? And then other guys are panicking like, what do I do with, you know, Alvin Kamara? I need to trade him immediately so I can get somebody on my roster this week. So, yeah, it's it's I think it's just crunch time. Really, it seems more busier than other times. Yeah, and we, we have enough of a, a track record against Miami right now where guys like Frank Gore, if they're going against Miami, you play them, and it doesn't matter who else's your starters are. Like You, you almost play him over McCaffrey at this point um, just because <laughs> he's playing the Dolphins. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I want to ask you, well, so you say track record. Let me ask you guys this. This is a general strategy question for everybody out there. We're seeing it right now, and this is why I'm bringing it up. You mentioned the name, Chris. What point of a track record do we finally say, Maybe DeAndre Hopkins isn't even top five this year. Like, at what point do we stop saying he's DeAndre Hopkins and this is a down year? He wouldn't be the first elite talent. And I say elite, but then this is actually the true definition of elite. So wouldn't it be the first one to have a season that was a letdown, whether it's even fantasy football, fantasy baseball, fantasy, like any fantasy sport. And we're now six games into the season for him, going into week seven, and we're still making excuses for him. At what point? Do the excuses need to stop? 
Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, he's got some decent matchups coming up, but there's some tough ones as well. Yeah, he's only had one 100-yard game. He's only had two games of double-digit targets. You know, it just it just seemed like that was that's one of the things I think I would have said heading into the season that Hopkins would average double-digit targets and probably flirt with 100 yards per game. And so far, 400 yards after six games. It's not what you want to see. And touchdowns are always hard to predict. We say that all, all the time, but only two so far this year. I, I, He's definitely probably not going to finish as a wide receiver one overall. I don't think any of us would get shocked, but he still has the upside, and he's not too far off as finishing as a top 10 wide receiver. I'd still bank on that. Yeah, and there's who who really expected you know Terry McLaurin and and yeah, Cooper Cup and Chris Godwin and DJ Shark to all be like in the top ten receivers in football right now? So it's well, still, me obviously like, Sutton in there too. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still you know like a a relatively small sample size. Six games is not that much, and at the same time, right. it's it's you know halfway through the fantasy regular season almost, and so um, at, at some point you you know especially in redraft leagues you have to figure out. Like, you know what, I'm, I might have to, to bench guys that I took in the top two or three rounds just because of matchups or because they're not playing well or whatever. You got to, you know, the, the fancy footballers always say you got to stay water. You got to be able to, to make adjustments and, and not be just be locked into these takes. And um, I, there's a lot to that because, you know, when you've got Odell Beckham as the number 23 receiver right now on half point, like no one saw that coming. No one saw him not being good in Cleveland right now. It's crazy. Like, yeah, nobody wants Beckham, but at least he's getting the volume and the targets. And then I, I know Sutton has been offered well, to me in a couple weeks. I'm like, nah, I don't want this guy. I'm, he only catches three or four balls a game. And then you look and he's a top 10 wide. It's like, maybe I should want this guy. <laughs> it's funny you say that about Odell Beckham too, because I jokingly put this and I don't remember. It was the buy low. It was the buy low. And this isn't my exact. I always do like, I don't do full explanation paragraphs. It's like little quick half sentence type blur. And let me ask you guys this about Odell Beckham. I said, is that the quietest 100-yard game we've ever seen, especially for Odell Beckham? Like, you ask most people, and I don't think they realized he had a 100-yard game last week. Yeah, you're right. And you just look at the targets. Like, the volume has been there. I'm just looking right now at the top 10 wide receivers and targets. And two stand out to me, and it's Beckham with 54 and Evans with 55. They're the only guys in the top 10 who don't have 30 catches and Edelman has 38. Everybody else has at least 40. And it's just part of it, I think, is the quarterback play. 27 catches on 55 targets from Evans and 29 on 54 from Odell. Like, these guys are getting looks, but they're not catching these balls and they're not coming away with big games. So it was a little surprising to see Odell with 100. And you're right, Jake. Nobody's talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, a nine and, himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some point, you have to you have to sit, sit back and think, like, is, is – you know, I don't. I don't feel like he's overrated because we've seen him do it with Eli or whoever. But maybe Baker Mayfield's overrated, or at least taking longer to develop than a lot of people thought. Because this is, it's, it's not. This is not. You don't. You don't have any confidence in anybody in the Browns' offense except for Nick Chubb. Like you roll Nick Chubb out there because, um, they're you know he doesn't really have any competition right now. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when Kareem Hunt comes back. Um, if he eats into that that workload at all, because at that point you don't trust anybody. I still consider Jacob. Odell a buy low. I mean, even on the buy this week, New England coming up, I still think even after that 100-yard game, Buffalo too, week 10, that now is the time to probably get this guy. And you said it, I think, last week, maybe you were on the show with Mayo. Like, if you're in a really good spot with Odell or without Odell. It was the DJ Chark. I brought it up. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're sitting pretty right now, 
your buys aren't really killing you and you need a wide receiver to help you out down the stretch. I think Odell is one of the better buy lows. Week 11, Pittsburgh, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Arizona. Like, that's a pretty good stretch. And you and you hope Baker has figured it out by then because Brad's right. He, he is a little overrated and it doesn't look like he's fully developed yet. Actually, he's not fully developed yet. <laughs> he's not fully developed. Uh, let's real quick, as we usually do, because a lot of people might be listening to these on Friday, but hit the Thursday night game. Oh, as a reminder for everybody out there in the free verse, listening on iTunes and Spotify's and all that type of stuff. If you're not part of the athletic, if you want to go to the athletic and put in slash the name of the show, the throwback, you get 40% off. So you can read all the hockey stuff coming out. If you play that or fancy basketball, which is coming out, fancy baseball has got stuff going throughout the entire off season. And we'll be back again with a full draft kit in February. Like we always do, but all the goodness is out there for you. 40% off. And Chris is hammering away at the hockey stuff for all you guys North of the border, the people down here that carry, Hey, my Rangers are relevant again. That's always fun to watch, but yeah, they did. And first lost on the board because long fist sucks, but we don't need to talk about that because it's a football show. (laughs) Brad, your team's playing Thursday night football on the Chiefs side of things. It sounds like Sammy Watkins is going to play. So Sammy Watkins being out there with Tyreek Hill back, all the three other wide receivers, irrelevant, question mark, and the backfield. Is Damien the only one we can even try to roll out at this point? I mean, you can – I mean, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the best. All right, so – so, um, I, on the three receivers, Hold on, you're, Chris, you're, you need to yeah, cut that out and just put that before the intro. That yeah. just, that right there. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've already marked Shut it. I don't know. So no, but it, I mean, between Hardman and Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, like you can't trust any of them. There's a chance that any, any one of them might have 120 yard game, two touchdown game, like they did against the Raiders this year when, when basically everybody was healthy. So outside of Tyreek, but there's a, there's a possibility that they all blow up. And there's also a possibility that they get completely shut down. They're completely irrelevant. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey is, is still the, you know, the, what the number three tight end in, in fantasy right now. And it feels like he's having a bad year. Like that's just not what you expected out of him. Uh, mostly because of the touchdowns. He's only got one to this point. So their, their offense needs to, Chris and I were talking about before the show uh, gets going. They need to run the ball more. They do not have enough rushing attempts right now for the close games they're playing in to help take a little pressure off Mahomes, especially on the bum ankle. And and he can't, you know, he doesn't isn't moving the same way he was before. They've got to get the running backs involved. And and whether that's Damian Williams, whether that's Lashawn McCoy, whether it's Daryl Williams, like he, there's times where he, I still think there's a chance he might be the best of the the whole backfield. Um, but he's not getting the play. And and when everybody's healthy. I, Damian Williams is still the guy that I want if I'm rolling out a fantasy lineup because he is the one who's the most active in the passing game for them. He also will get goal line carries and and there's a you know even if they're not running the ball you know 20 times for the team there is a chance that you you get reception yardage plus uh, you know plus the the touchdown upside in, in the goal line and hopefully they'll be able to move the ball against Denver. Mahomes has had good success against them in the past you know even with their good defenses. All right, well, Chris, you get you get Denver then. So on the Denver side of it, is this as easy as, hey, you're facing the Chiefs, so just plug in all the startable people, basically the top two wide receivers and both running backs, this time because this is actually a split backfield? Yeah, I think so. I think you can roll all the guys out there. Kansas City has shown us, uh, you know, actually they haven't shown us a whole lot, you know, offensively running the football or stopping the run. So I think you can get by. Like, Lindsey is definitely – Especially against the run. Yeah, especially. Lindsey is definitely locked in. you got to play him, but – Freeman has been pretty decent as well. He gives you, a, you know, he, we haven't seen the ceiling from him, but he's giving you 7 to 10 points every single week. He's catching a few balls out of the backfield. 
it's not like he's just completely phased out of this offense. Looking now at the game log, he's at least touched the ball on the ground ten times in, in five of his six games. So I, I think you, you know, you could be in a tough spot with the bye weeks. I think you can get by with playing him. Sanders is the one that, I mean, I suppose I would play him. I don't have any shares. He's been pretty disappointing. The knee injury doesn't seem, you know, all that serious. He's a full go he, of practice. Again, he's a cyborg. He's like, this is like, yeah, hey, he's, know. you know, comes out of the game. It looks bad. He's going to miss. And all of a sudden, yeah, he's already practicing on Monday. He's going to be out there for th like, what the hell? He just does not want to give you Bayshon Hamilton this year. But he just No, somebody tweeted to. me during that game, too, when he left. And he's like, it's happening. <laughs> not yet. Uh, so I think that's Apparently the only not. guy I have questions for in this matchup. Like, I would play LaShawn McCoy, actually. I think that they're going to run the football they're going to try to at least I think you can run on Denver this is a game that I think Kansas City gets right maybe they get up in this game and they try to just run the football a little bit so I would play LaShawn McCoy Sanders is that one question mark I suppose if I had him maybe I would play him this week like I said I don't have any shares what what is he a top I mean he has upside to be a wide receiver three but I can't I'm not confident enough to lock him no. in as one I got yelled at in the waiver column for suggesting that if you were desperate and context, he was out that you could drop him. You know, for kick matchup, blah, blah. It's just, it's, no, I think I that's fine. People. I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But he's not out because he right. won't go away. I mean, as I say that, talking to you, because I'm rooting for the guy. I, 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 it's actually kind of funny and fun at this point that he's just like unstoppable injury wise. But all right, shootout potential on the board, Brad. We've said this before about other games, but the Los Angeles Rams have a new corner. Los Angeles Rams did give what the Jaguars wanted. They gave them two firsts and a fourth. Now, assumingly, they're late first rounders, but they still did. 2020, 2021, the Rams gave up both their first round picks. Jalen Ramsey is now a Los Angeles Ram. Marcus Peters is out the door. They traded him to the Ravens, and I think it was a fourth round or two, right? Or a fifth, somewhere around there. So those kind of picks cancel out, but they got the two firsts for Jacksonville. He's going to be out there assumingly this week is what it sounds like because it's miraculous how a back injury can clear up when you get what you want. <laughs> so does that cool your feeling on Julio Jones at all or Calvin Ridley? Or is this, hey, you know what? Because it, it's Jalen Ramsey. He's playing a corner. You don't need to know that much about the defensive scheme to be able to play your position when it comes to being a corner that's a shutdown like he is. Yeah, and he, you know, one thing – I, so I've only, I'll be honest, I've only seen Jacksonville play the first game this year when Ramsey was basically shadowing Tyree Kill while he was in the game. And the Chiefs just kind of took what he would give them. He gave them a lot of underneath stuff. He was respecting hill speed over the top. There's a chance that I, I, I still roll out all the all the Falcons' weapons because I do think this is a shootout. Their defense as a whole is not good. They lost Tlaib. They lost Peters. <laughs> That's so putting replaced, it nice, dude. <laughs> replaced, yeah, they replaced two cornerbacks with one who's good, but there's still a lot of and, – and at least in the past, Ramsey a lot of times he, he will shadow, whereas it, it, it changes their defense a little bit because Peters would only play one side of the field. He was only a left-side guy at all times. And so it'll be interesting to see how how quickly the rest of their defense can adjust to that because they're going to be potentially starting cornerbacks who have literally never played a snap in the NFL this week. I want every piece of the, the Falcons passing game that I can get. And you're never benching Julio Jones. And I forget who tweeted it last night, but it's something I said before. I think, Chris, you and I talked about it like two years ago on the All in Sports podcast or whatever, but I wish... I want to get a defensive coordinator on this show or just on a show in general, because I want to ask him this person who tweeted it last night. I forget who it was. If you want to go find it, Mike Clay retweeted about it. So I want to make sure the credits out there. But again, he's not the first person to say it, but it's an interesting take, something that 
we discussed and I think is a very interesting take is if you have somebody like Jalen Ramsey and you have that much struggling options behind him like you know if you look at the on the roster for the Rams because of the injuries and everything there's nothing behind them it's basically similar to the you know the Saints with Marshawn Lattimore when you have something like that is you put that that corner on the second best receiver and then double coverage the top receiver because otherwise the number two and number three are just going to destroy you Chris yeah oh for sure they will um, like and then that's, by bringing that up is the point of fantasy wise is we're pretty much Julio Jones this is a Julio Jones. But if like next week, let's say it was the Giants and Sterling Shepard's healthy, like you would just fire the living hell up at a Golden Tate because you're just going to always take the two against this team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's something to monitor for sure going forward. Um, yeah. But you're playing everybody in this in this matchup. I think you, you know, you downgrade perhaps Julio and Ridley slightly. But you still play them. I mean, this is these two quarterbacks, one and two in the NFL in passing attempts. Both defenses look pretty brutal, especially Atlanta's. They can't this team can't stop the pass or the run. I mean, they rank thirty first according to Football Outsiders and, and past DVOA. So it's a great spot for everybody. It's a great spot for Goff to get right. If Goff struggles again, uh oh. Uh, I would have some concerns for sure. It seems like everybody's questions at the athletic lately have been about Brandon Cooks, what to do about Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's just boomer bust. We know that about Cooks. At the end of the day, he'll probably He's been a lot more boom than bust has, in the past years though. Yeah, for sure. And he he hasn't been able to put together these games and if you are really just doubting him and you don't want a piece of him, I mean, these are the two, right? Atlanta and Cincinnati coming up after and then the bye. So, I mean, if you are looking to get rid of Cooks, it's probably after this week seven game, but I mean the Rams upside is is tremendous. So I, I let's give it. I want to give a shout out to uh, Megan Reyes, who works for the athletic marketing team. She had just a fantastic tweet about Ramsey, and you said it, Jake, when you were talking about Ramsey, like oh, just maybe your back is okay. She had just said Ramsey used all of his sick days, PTO and personal days before getting a new job. Work smarter, not harder. Uh, <laughs> Ramsey basically got what he wanted, um, and now he's on a Super Bowl contending team. But I don't really. Brad and I talked about this before the show. I don't love the move from the Rams. Like, they definitely needed it. They need more. I'm sure it's going to help them a little bit. But this is not a team that I think is – I think they have a lot of problems. I think yeah, the – if you're line looking, is a way bigger problem. I was going to say, if I'm looking between the two, I think the Steelers made the better move, despite the fact that I think a lot of people – like, as of today, you said contender – I don't know if the yeah. Rams make the playoffs at this rate. Yeah, you're right. They're not on. They're and not I on think the Jags are betting on that. I think the Jags are saying we don't think the Rams are that good, and so these picks are going to be higher than than what a lot of people are thinking they are. They're not afraid to go for it. That's for sure. Like how many? By this time, it's all said and done. Next time they pick in the first round, I mean, I think it's going to be five years, right? I mean, you go back to the Goff trade. They made that trade with Goff. <laughs> they traded uh, for a first for Brandon Cooks. Um, they traded out of the first last year. Now they don't have any first in the next two years. They're paying a lot of guys. Like Donald just got paid. Dar Donald just got paid. Goff, the Rams are Goff in the NBA. Paid. Yeah, it's crazy. And are they <laughs> going to pay Ramsey the money that he is expecting? I don't know. It's interesting squad. Oh, it's you know what's funny is this kind of feels like a setup for like two years from now. We're talking about McVeigh being fired because, and it's not even going to be his fault because of what the front office did. Does it have any and money just, for anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go from the shootout of the century to potentially what could be the lowest scoring game. Actually, there are the two of them in a row here. We're going to talk Miami, Buffalo, and Jacksonville, Cincinnati. Woo! Man, fancy <laughs> goodness here. No, but all kidding aside, on the Buffalo side of it, you already alluded to this before, Brad, is we were talking about Frank Gore, but 
John Brown, uh, Cole Beasley, maybe even Zay Jones, Dawson Knox because tight end is miserable, Devin Singletary if it's in a PPR and he's actually out there. I mean, we're kind of starting everybody we can possibly find if you're needy against the Dolphins, are we not? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and that's, I mean, I, I was just telling Chris before the show again, Jake, Jake we had a lot of conversation before you got on today. But uh, <laughs> Damn, but I have a league where I have Deshaun Watson you know what? Barkley's not you ready what? to go. That's what his problem is. No, Barkley, <laughs> when you stare at me in the face and you won't take your dump, just like that just, I feel like you're doing it on purpose. Like, at least don't look at me. Like, that, that just kind of like felt like, Dude, hey, make you, you know late what? for the podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm going to make you sit out here in the rain. And yeah, exactly. I'm going to screw up your day. But anyway, go ahead, bro. Yeah, but no, so I have Deshaun Watson in the league. And I'm actually, I picked up Josh Allen, who was on waivers because of the bye last week. And I'm going to start Allen this week because they're playing Miami. Like, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to get out of the Texans at Indianapolis. That's a pretty good defense. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but, but I like I'm, I grabbed Frank Gore and Josh Allen off the waiver wire and I'm playing both of them this week because I think there is uh, Gore's, I think Gore's definitely going over a hundred. I think there's a chance that if Singletary plays, he might get 75, 80 yards also. And Josh Allen might run for close to hundred yards. Like they could give up 300 rushing yards in this game. And, and it wouldn't really surprise me because of how good Buffalo is at running the game at the running game and also how good their defense is like Miami may not I mean they may not get the ball into Buffalo territory this game it, it's very possible because Buffalo's defense is absolutely legit Miami has the worst offense I've seen and and so they're they, it, it could be a this could be a game where like I, I I like the Bills and that 17 given the points at 17 points because I just don't see I don't see Miami scoring at all and so I, I'm taking the under because I don't think combined they get 40, but I can see Buffalo winning this game like 38 nothing. Yeah, it, I'll say this on best on the board this week too with with Beller. You know, you can catch um, that'll that'll come out Wednesday evening. But you just have to ask yourself this: Are the Bills going to score 40 points? If you don't think they're going to score 40 points, and you're right, Brad, you take the under um, because Miami's going to struggle in this game for sure. I always have a problem picking the Bills by by this much because of their offense, but they should be able to to at least put up 17 points against this team. I think everybody's in play, Jake. Brown obviously is in play, not owned in enough leagues, really. He's, his ownership has jumped up in the last week. It's only because of this matchup. People have just kind of forgotten about him. I think Cole Beasley is in play. I think both running backs. I think Singletary may be a little risky, but I, I think you can roll him out for sure. I don't think Frank Gore is going anywhere. And even in deeper leagues, I think it's time to, to monitor like a guy like Duke Williams, potentially. And they just had one good game, and it wasn't even fantastic. He caught four balls, had a touchdown. But I think this guy's going to be more involved in the offense going forward, too. I, a lot of people you know, reaching and asking for Robert Foster. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Duke Williams with that Zay Jones trade, I think he's going to start to trend up. And the schedule is really nice after this. The Eagles, Washington, Cleveland, Miami again. So there's some really good spots for Buffalo here in the second half. Is there anybody you want to start on the Dolphin side of things? <sighs> um Honestly, not really. Um, I started <laughs> Preston Williams last week, and he wasn't even getting any looks with Josh Rosen. And he started to – like, all of his targets came on that final drive with Fitzpatrick, and he had a couple catches. But I, I just don't think that I can do it. If there was one, maybe And that was against Albert Washington. Wilson. Yeah. That was against Washington. This is against Buffalo. Like Maybe Wilson. Wilson had nothing. five catches. He had five catches for 15 yards last week. And <laughs> so you're really just reaching – if you're starting him, I mean, it's a flex full point PPR. I would say like a 14 team league at least to start that guy. All right. So what about Walton? Anything there? Just shooting for it. Uh, 
No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, no I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I mean, you'd have to be unbelievably desperate to to play anybody <laughs> on Miami. It's Drake cannot do the full workload. He just can't, and it's it's too bad. Last week was the week, right? Let's get Drake a full workload. Oh no, Balaj is playing. Oh, let's put him in there at the one, steal a touchdown. You can't play any of these guys. Yeah, no, you can't. All right, let's continue. Like I said, the next one, Jacksonville, Cincinnati. There's no Jalen Ramsey, but there hasn't been a Jalen Ramsey anyway. Leonard Fournette. Here, here's a question for you. Leonard Fournette, the number one running back this week? De- definitely with no CMC around. you got to make a case for him. Yeah. So we'll look at it this way. So Minnesota's at Detroit for Dalvin Cook. Uh, Zeke is home against the Eagles, who nobody runs against. Mm-hmm. And Saquon Barkley should be back against the Cardinals. So if Barkley's back... This is he added for that because Cincinnati Bengals don't even stop the backups. Right. Yeah, they're pathetic. They're really bad. Uh, 184 rushing yards allowed per game. So yeah. Come on, I just want one of you to pick Fournette as the number one running back. This yeah, week. I can. I, I'll, I'll put I'll put Fournette as number one, but I yeah. I would like I'll be honest, and I I know you said you wouldn't go that far, but I would throw Philip Lindsay into this mix solely because they're going against the Chiefs. They there's been zero ability to to stop the run by the Chiefs this year. Teams have shown if they're going to try to beat the Chiefs, they're going to have to do it running the ball because they keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. It runs the clock. It, it slows the game down. I can see Lindsey getting 25 carries and 150 yards pretty easily. Hey, look at these running backs against, uh, I mean, Brita 121, Gore 76, Mostar 83. This is, you know, against that Cincinnati defense. David Johnson 91, Chase Edmonds 68. It doesn't stop. They just can't stop anybody. So, Jake, yeah, you're right. <laughs> You're going to give Fournette the ball 20 times, right? That's got to be the game plan. They're going to be up in the game potentially. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. You, you, you wouldn't would assume. All right. So with DJ Chark bounce back, obviously, because he's facing – actually, Minshew and Chark, right? Yeah, I think both of them, Minshew, Chark. I think Chark is a good buy low. Beowulf and Chark. Yeah. <laughs> People on at the Athletic Chat on Tuesday seem to be down on Chark now. It's just one game, right? What do I do with Chark? It's just, you know. No, here's the real question. Fine. What do you do with Joe Mixon? That's, that actually was a very popular question. I didn't really what know what to tell say? people. I just said, I don't see him turning it around. And if you, you're never going to get proper return for him, you're not going to get an RB1. I think if you really want something off your roster, you just you make it happen because the offensive line is not going to get any better. There's so many injuries on both sides of the football for Cincinnati. I'm not interested in mixing. I just chalk him up as a bust. I would get what I could for him. Brad? Yeah, I agree. I, I in a dynasty league, I want him because I think they they will get their first round pick back next year. Um, to you know that he's out for the year this year. Um, offensive lineman, they will address the offensive line again at some point. They have to, and then they're going to address defense with the rest of the draft. So I still believe in Mixon's talent. Um, I just don't want him anything to do with him the rest of this year. Yeah, hmm, that's fair enough. You want anything to do with Auden Tate? I like Tate. Yeah, I like Tate. I, I mean, he's a, a wide receiver 3-4 at, at best, but he's getting looks. Is he's he a better a play and... than Tyler Boyd at this point? I, don't, I wouldn't I, go that far. I don't think so, yeah. I think Baltimore just did a really good job. It's two weeks in a row now. They've eliminated the opposing team's best wide, Odell Beckham Jr., the week before that. So I would I would roll out Tate. i roll out Boyd. We could even see A.J. I, I don't think so, but Zach Taylor had said this week we'll see. He's close. But Tate is getting looks, and he's he's got great hands too. Like AJ, put yeah. It on I, him. And I, I said this before, and I I firmly believe that 
their best move would be when AJ Green comes back to move Auden Tate to tight end and and kind of make him a, a, a Darren Waller type player. Uh, moving from receiver he's a little small for that now from a blocking standpoint but just make him a move tight end right now and then put some weight on in the offseason and I I think he you know becomes a top 10 tight end in the league at that point all right so let's move on to the next game here let's keep going as we get Minnesota Detroit as we're talking about before uh Vikings new look Vikings Chris they're passing the ball two weeks in a row Kirk Cousins has been flinging around does it continue against Detroit in your opinion because now it's Darius 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 Slay and what has been one of the most underrated signings in Justin Coleman this season has been one of the best slot corners in the NFL this season. Is this getting back to Dalvin Cook game and, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to be down back into the mid-level QB two and someone between Thielen and Diggs is going to get left out? Yeah, I think so. I think it goes back. That was the time to get in on this Minnesota offense and to just cake, cake matchups, right? They had Giants the week before and then Philly last week. I think it goes back to the Delvin Cook show, but I wouldn't be benching Diggs and Thielen. I, I you're playing those guys. You can at least feel a little bit better about Diggs if you didn't sell them. You didn't play them against Detroit. But you're right. The secondary has been really good. The man, the Lions got robbed on Monday night. That was pathetic. Uh, this is a team that should have went into the Lambeau and came <laughs> away with the win. Um, credit on Stafford. He was airing it out early. So I would play all the weapons in this matchup. I mean, all the the, the two Minnesota wideouts. I play Galladay and Marvin Jones, even though it's tough matchups on the other side. I would play them. I, I think it's a low-scoring game, but we could see like a 24-21 game. Yeah, Mar- Marvin Jones to me is the sneaky play this week because he got a lot of targets the other night and, and just wasn't able to, to get any kind of catches in production with it. But he's getting looks, and and at some point that will open up into a huge game. And um, but I love I love Dalvin Cook in this matchup. Um, you know, I know Detroit's defense is pretty good. Um, but I just think I think Minnesota is going to kind of go back to this. They're, they're not facing the Eagles this week. They don't have the Eagles secondary to pick on. The the Detroit secondary is pretty good, and I think they go back to their their bread and butter. And and especially going on the road, they're going to try to do what they can to um, to control that to control that game the game flow in Detroit. Yeah, Jamal Williams over 100 yards on the ground last week against Detroit. So let's talk about that when we get to the game up next, but on the Detroit side of things, uh, carry on Johnson, Kenny Galladay. Is there any interest after those guys because of their face in the Vikings or is there any interest in general, Chris? Yeah. Well, I like what Brad said that Marvin Jones could be a little bit sneaky, so I don't mind him. Carry on is very interesting. He wasn't getting a ton of play. I didn't think like there was just too much JD McKissick on the field for my liking last week, like 13 carries. <laughs> it was weird. Wasn't it like 13? He just comes off a week where he had 26 the week before that 20, against the Eagles, wasn't doing anything. They were up in that game in the second half. And they I saw, like, it was four series in a row where McKissick seemed to be on the field more than carry-on. So I would still play carry-on, but it's just interesting to me. Like, his day was only saved from that touchdown that I don't even know if he got in, to be honest. But 13 for 34, <laughs> two catches for, for 27 yards. I mean, he's catching the ball a little bit more, but he's not that full – bell cow back that i thought he would be after they traded cj they play him though brad i was waiting for you to jump in there yeah no i i mean i i said what i said about marvin jones i i do yeah, think I was, there's a carry, carry on and galladay that stuff yeah i uh so i i don't you know a lot of you know there was hawkinson a lot of hawkinson talk um this last week um i didn't tj droppinson I know I've heard that thrown out there quite a few times. Like he dropped that touchdown pass and it was like, it was just like at that point, Stafford's like, I'm not throwing to you anymore. And they, I don't know. They're, 
I, I am okay. I'm definitely okay with Galladay. Play Galladay because they're they were they're gonna force feed him the ball. He can make contested catches even when he's he's got you know good D backs on him. Um, but I yeah, carry on. You roll him out there because you know he's there's not many guys even even though yes, McKissick was probably on the field too much. He still out touched him. You know, four to one or yeah. three to you know three and a half, four to one. So it. You're still going to get opportunities there. He's he's definitely the goal line back when they when they get down the ball and they they move the ball pretty well offensively. I mean Green Bay is a good defense and and the Lions put up a lot of numbers early and the Green Green Bay had to make some adjustments to get back in that game. Um and and you know not that Minnesota's not Minnesota can be a really good defense too. I just think that that at home uh, the Lions will be able to move the ball a little better than they did at Green Bay. Okay, so they brought up Green Bay like 17 times already. So let's talk about Green Bay against the Raiders. And I'll stay with you, Brad, on this one. And so we saw Jamal Williams last week. You have the whole Aaron Jones conversation. You have the Aaron Jones. And, you know, look, we didn't talk because our show was before Monday Night Football. But for everybody out there, of course, it comes off, as I usually do, is like bragging or victory laps or whatever, told you so or whatever. But you guys know this. And again, I'm going to say what I said all offseason. I'm going to say what I said last year of why I was an Aaron Jones fan. And what was the things that I, I, you guys can probably quote me at this point is I followed up and I said, Aaron Jones is going to be one of the most efficient running backs on his per touch basis. He's definitively the better running back talent than Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is still better all around. And for whatever reason, we've now had two coaching regimes in Green Bay do the same thing to Aaron Jones and not use him as the bell cow outside of the game where Jamal Williams got hurt. And then both of them had a lot of touches in the one game, the other one where he did get 20 touches, but that was a game where they both did actually a significant work here. But is this now definitively Brad going forward of it's going to be the hot hand one week. It's going to be one, one week. It's going to be the next It's going to be back and forth, back and forth. Or do you still feel confident enough that Aaron Jones is still the one to go to? It just be, it might be some inconsistent weeks. I, I do think it's Aaron Jones. Um, I think there will be a little inconsistency, but this this was his game until he fumbled and then dropped a touchdown pass. And at that point, I mean that, and the touchdown drop was the easiest catch in the history of the NFL. And it, it looked like it almost hit him in the face mask. It, but if he makes those two plays, I don't think Jamal Williams gets gets as much. Uh, and when I say make those two plays, make the touchdown catch and not fumble the ball um, on the on the running carry, I don't think Jamal Williams gets as much time on the field at that point. And so if, if LaFleur is going to show confidence in his starting running back and not kind of bury him, like we've seen some other coaches do at times, then I think it's, it's Aaron Jones's, you know, he's going to have a focus of, of working on his hands, making sure he's hanging onto the ball, whatever this, this week in practice. And if he gets the opportunity, he will prove that he is the better running back again. And so, yeah, I, I think they go back to him. Um, Williams was getting a lot of his, his touches when they were, <coughs> <clears throat> excuse me when they were losing and it was almost kind of like surprise touches to where like the 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 lions were playing back off of him a little bit and then all of a sudden he had a lot of room to work with jones didn't have that early in the game and and i think it was a lot more like play calling that they got jamal williams uh those, those yards and the efficiency that he did because if aaron jones had been in the game at the at that time he would have done the exact same thing yeah it's hard to feel confident about aaron jones but I agree. Like if I had to choose one to get maybe 60% of the touches this week, it would be Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams is not going anywhere. You're right, Jake. It's been two, two years in a row now. We know about LaFleur and what he does. And Brad's also right. Like Aaron Jones put himself in that situation last week. If he doesn't fumble, he doesn't catch. Maybe it is Aaron Jones show again. Maybe he gets 70% of the touches, but Jamal Williams, it wasn't the first time that he's had a game with more carries than Aaron Jones. So it's, he's going to be involved. I think, 
you know, as a, as a flex guy in a pinch maybe, but Jones is definitely the guy I'll rank ahead of Jamal Williams, but it seems like they're both going to be involved in this offense moving forward as long as they're healthy. Like Jamal Williams earned himself some touches last week and he looked pretty good. He looked, he looked, he ran hard. He caught some balls. So, I mean, it's just going to be a frustrating situation. I think we all want Jones, but it's, you're not going to get it. So uh, speaking of being healthy, we can hope Tyrell Williams is healthy, especially with the Green Bay pass defense going from the first three games of like, hey, we're pretty good to, hey, we're god-awful miserable the last two games. So Tyrell Williams out there, uh, I, I said his name from his old team because, you know, just that's what happens in sports. So, you know, these things. Zay Jones is now on this team. So the Zay Jones, do you take a flyer on him anywhere because they need receivers? I may in a in a 14 team, 16 team, and a 12 team. No, I can't imagine myself starting Zay Jones. I, I just don't think he's all that good. But they are pretty thin at the wide receiver position, so I understand the move. Tyrell, I've been trying to find some word on him, and I can't. So I, I assume that means he's okay. He's very quiet. Yeah, right. I've been looking looking around. Let's not forget he's played four games, has four touchdowns, right? So. I think if he comes back and he plays this week, I would play also, him even in a tough on spot. On those four touchdowns, Chris, all four of them targeted inside the 10-yard line. That's positive. Yeah. Um, and, and Derek Carr is still not taking a lot of shots downfield. He's been very efficient throwing to him and Waller. Uh, but, yeah, even in a tough spot, I think a borderline wide receiver three, you'd feel better about him <laughs> as a flex. It is a tough it's spot, so though. Confident. I mean, he, even if it's he's not, getting No, it's not anymore. Why not? Because the Packers' defense has turned to doo-doo the past two weeks. Uh, I don't know if it's doo-doo, but... Uh, no, it's been god-awful. It's been... Go look at... The, they've given up 300-yard games. They've given up multiple touchdowns. They they went from shut down and Jerry Alexander looking like he was playing great to, oh, my God, we can't stop anything. Yeah, a, a lot of that those yards against... The Cowboys, I think it was just the defense they were playing in the second half. They were up so big. but ah, Well, they also – here's one more, Chris. I'm going to give you one more and get you to come to my side. They have, they're leading the league in most 40-yard plays given up to receivers at yeah. nine already. Well, that's not good. That's not that's not a number <laughs> you want to be a part of for sure. But, yeah, I mean, Car- Carr's not taking those shots downfield. Maybe that would be an opportunity. But, yeah, Tyrell, I th- again, I think you play him. You feel good that he's – I guess there's no news. Like I said, he's, it seems like he's going to return this week. Yeah. Nothing, Brad. Jacobs are playing. Uh, nope, too, nothing. I, I I like it. I like what you said. I was waiting. I was waiting for you to talk about how much you love Josh Jacobs. <clears throat> I, I mean, who doesn't, right? <laughs> that's, that's that's been my my whole my thing the whole year, right? So, no, I I I mean, the I I'm not the Raiders. I felt like with Tyrell Williams out of the game uh, in the London game, they were forced to to go to Josh Jacobs a lot more because Darren Waller got shut down and there was then no one to pass to. And they then they found that they were able to be effective doing it, and so they just kept doing it. And I don't know that, that that's you know necessarily going to be the case week in and week out, especially against Green Bay. Um, so I I am um, I'm out on Josh Jacobs this week. I, I have him outside the the top twenty four running backs. Um, you know what? This is a, a bye week issue. You're drunk. <laughs> you really that's hate fair. Josh Jacobs. <laughs> so I, I just I just don't see it. I don't I don't think you know teams. There hasn't been anybody that's run the ball effectively against Green Bay this year, and especially when they're going to be at Lambeau. Um, I think they're going to have to be passing passing more to to play catch up, and that's not his strong suit. Or at least they're not using him that way right now. So let's get back to DeAndre Hopkins and facing this year. I mean, this is we're still rolling DeAndre Hopkins. Is DeAndre Hopkins a wide receiver one this week, though? I mean, can we, are we going to go that far that we can have that kind of discussion? 
Yeah, I'm gonna put him in there as a as a one, just because <laughs> oh, it was upside. But yeah, we you were right. We talked about it off the hop. I mean, this is it's a conversation to to be had. It's this is where we're at. We're we're talking about Hopkins and and the upside. It seems like every catch, guys. I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems like every catch is just a a five yard catch. It just he just doesn't <laughs> have that those big plays anymore. It's it's crazy. I'm not obviously not willing to you know to not play him. You're playing your studs, but. I don't think he's a top three, like Julio, Cup, Hill. Like These are guys that I feel a little bit more confident. Chark? <laughs> uh, not ready to go there yet, but it is a great matchup. It is a great matchup for Chark, but Hopkins is he's, he's locked in as a top ten. Hopkins yeah, he he still can. has more points than they know to Beckham. Exactly. Yeah, yeah true. And Hop- I, Hopkins I mean... is one game away probably from being like a top five wideout, let's be honest. Like he just needs that one big game that he could do, and then we're sitting here talking about him. You mean like a Will Fuller game? Yeah, like even close to it. I'm just looking right now. Who's ranked ahead of him 73, so far? Yes. Off of one game? 73 fantasy points and a half point setting. Say, say he comes away with 20-25, he's a top five guy already. No, it's a, yeah. I'm not kidding about the Will Fuller. So Will Fuller, so we know what happened in that one game. Do you know how many points that was? Do you remember how many points that was in half point PPR? Yeah, like 47, 48 or something. Yeah, 46.7. Do you know what the rest of his games were? Um, all under 10 for sure. Yep, 7, 9, 6, 7, 6, 3, 8, and 6, 9. He, does, he hasn't even topped eight points in the other five games. Amazing. It's almost yeah. like Evans, and, too. And Hopkins, Hopkins is a two-touchdown game away from everybody forgetting that he's a wide receiver three right now. Like he's, And that could happen at any moment because he, he is a good red zone weapon. They just haven't it's, – it's when, when Will Fuller had that big game, they weren't red zone touchdowns. They were longer passes, and that's never really been DeAndre Hopkins' game. He's a contested catch guy. He's really good in the middle of the field. They, he's not a, a, you know, a throw-it-long type guy. At the same time, they're they're kind of going to the extreme with with how little they're using him, um, you know, beyond five ten yards right now. So at some point, it, it's going to open up, and I, I I firmly believe at some point he's going to just open up and have a have a game where he has like eleven catches for one hundred and eighty yards and two or three touchdowns, and and everybody's like, oh, Hopkins is back. Yeah, he's wide receiver <laughs> sixteen right now in a half point setting, so that's not even that bad. All right, so Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton for the Colts. There anybody else, Chris? No, I don't think so. I don't think I would get involved with any of the tight ends either. You may be in a tough All right, spot. Well, then let me but... rephrase. Let me rephrase. You, you're you kind of wide receiver needy. Who would you gamble on? Oh, man. I think I'd rather just go to Buffalo and, you know, Beasley and company. <laughs> but, um, you know, if I had to choose one, oh, my God. It's so bad. I don't – don't make me. Don't make me do it. Like, um, that's, he, I, Dion Kane, that's part of it. No. I, it's so bad. Like – Pascal you can say you Rogers. can say differently when you're running the show, but this is Wednesday, so right. I'm running the show. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> if Paris Campbell plays him, but he looks doubtful, um, I guess I'll choose Chester Rogers. But I mean, get ready for another donut. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I actually like a little bit more. I don't know who to pick here, um, but I actually like a little more of the of the Colts passing game. Um, just because they're playing the Texans, like the Texans haven't really stopped anybody through the air this year. So I, I think there's, this is a good week for, for Jacoby Brissett. And I think it's, um, you know, maybe it's a, you know, this is one of the Eric Ebron games or a Jack Doyle game where, um, they get involved a little bit, but yeah, there's, I, I do think they will move the ball against the Texans and, and have to score a lot because, um, you know, the Texans offense is cooking right now. Yeah. That's the answer. It's, it's one of the tight ends, not the wide receivers. Like if you can play a tight end in a flex spot and you're in a pinch, like that's the way you Eric go. Ebron. 
Yeah. Gonna, I mean, sure. he he was the he was the Lions drop master before Hawkinson, so Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's been He was the one Surprise surprise, he hasn't been able to live up to last year's expectations, I, I would get no if I'm the Lions I'm drafting the most unathletic tight end I could find who could just simply catch the ball. <laughs> just screw it. That's just all I want. Just catch the ball that's put in your hands. Give, give Giants, Stafford something to work ca- with. Yeah. Nah, he's got plenty to work with. I just think that Stafford was always just the gunslinger with they had Calvin Johnson, and that made up for a lot of just being able to heave the ball downfield, and he's maybe just not as good as people want to give him credit. Hey, he's in that Jared Goff, kind of like, you know, you, know, you need to do stuff around him. He's not the guy – that people might think he is at his best. I just felt you bad start for Jared the other Goff night. or Matt Stafford. Ugh. Oh, I start Matt Stafford. You know that. I, would I hate Jared Goff. Start Goff this week against Atlanta. Yeah, no, I would he's, the, he's the he's the Jared Cook of quarterbacks. He's the Will Fuller of quarterbacks. Will Fuller is the Jared Cook of wide receivers. Like they're all they for Pat Mayo's worst place. Those are the three. They're all them. All them. Put them in the worst place. Because <laughs> yeah, well, you know what's gonna happen. It is the it is the game. And if he does go out there and throw for 303 touchdowns, everybody's going to be like, ah, he's got it right. Everything's fixed. And then next week against the Bengals at home, he's going to go out and put like 201 touchdowns and two interceptions. Well, because there's, there's no excuse for Goff not to do that. There is, there's been no excuse this entire season. Sure. But Kyler Murray just threw for almost 350 and three touchdowns with basically nobody yes. on his roster. So Goff needs. What, what team has Goff faced? The 49ers last week before that? A bunch of he's, stuff. He's, he shredded Tampa, but he he did it. You know, everybody with like, shreds Tampa. Daniel Jones shredded exactly. Tampa. <laughs> but that's but everybody shreds Atlanta. So why wouldn't you say the same thing? Yeah. You know, it, it, this week at least because that there's a chance that he goes out and throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns. Thing. No, that's why it's because I, I that's why I won't say it is because look, he's still going to be some of the top 15. It's I won't say it's because he's Jared. This is it's for everybody out there again. We want time to go through this again for everybody out there. The reason golf and Fuller and for Pat Mark Ingram, the reason like he started this whole worst place thing, and the reason we joke about it is because despite the matchup, you still don't know who you're going to get. They can go out. Jared Golf can go out there face Jacksonville with Jalen Ramsey, put up 300 yards and three touchdowns. He can go out the very next week against Atlanta. And throw two hundred one and two picks because he's Jared Goff. Will Fuller, same thing. Last week should have been another good game, and it wasn't. Jared Cook, look at we made excuses for him four weeks in a row to start the season, and then he goes out in what is kind of a not a great matchup, and he hits Pater. Like that's that's why those guys are in worse places because there's nothing you can do about it. You either start them all the time and play the roller coaster, or you don't because there's no there's no rhyme or reason to when they hit. I'm just glad the Rams left the Eagles. Carson Wentz. <laughs> number two because <laughs> there's no comparison between the two. Oh, it's, it's it's night and day but hey you know who could they they could have left you this year hey you could have had daniel jones he's getting to face the cardinals this is daniel jones a qb1 against the cardinals guys if if all of his weapons are there yeah absolutely like if ingram plays shepherd plays barkley shepherd's probably back. out okay well if ingram and barkley play i still would put him as like a top 12 borderline <sighs> but i would play golf over him okay <laughs> i'm glad you That's said fair. that yeah i he, he's he's going to be fringe for me. I haven't. I know. What, what did you just say? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't gotten uh, you know down down that far in my QB rankings yet. But he's he's going to be right around the the twelve thirteen range for me because there is an enormous amount of upside against Arizona. There's a you know Arizona is probably going to put up points against the the Giants, so they're they're going to have yeah. to to put up some points to keep up. If Barkley comes back, I think that's the whole key. I don't care who else is around from a receiver standpoint. There has to be somebody in the backfield to not let them just drop eight guys into coverage. 
and because he he's not good enough i don't think to beat eight guys in coverage right now he might be in a couple years he's not right now they need to have somebody in the backfield that is a threat and if so if barkley's back i i think he's a a qb1 but if barkley's not back then i'm i'm my inclination is to drop him a little lower because of that uh either way sneaky defense for dfs wise the arizona cardinals just throwing it out there i'm not saying it, it's like sneaky as in tournament. Yeah. Chris knows that. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it on the show for that. So on the Cardinals side, we're firing up David Johnson and Christian Kirk and even Chase Edmonds and Larry Fitzgerald. Like, obviously, Kirk has to be healthy. Well, let's say, you know, let's ask those two questions. Chase Edmonds, because it's thin running back still. He has been getting some work, still not a ton of snaps. We talked about it on Monday's show. But Chris, Chase Edmonds as a potential, your RB needy. And then if Christian Kirk is out, is it Keyshawn Johnson because he's getting the snaps for you? Yeah, I think it's Keyshawn Johnson. He's been he's been getting the snaps, getting a few targets, but unfortunately, you know, not doing a whole lot. Um, but I think if you're in a desperate situation, for sure, and I think you can get by with Chase Edmonds. I said that on Monday. I, I when I threw that question out as a borderline flex in certain situations, I meant it. <laughs> I thought that you could maybe play him, and I know he lucked into a touchdown last week, and he had a touchdown the week before that. It's kind of all you're hoping for, and a and an up-tempo offense that he catches a few balls and against the Giants that maybe he can get you double-digit fantasy points. It's what he's done the past couple weeks. If he can get you double-digit, then you move on and you and you take it. You could be in a really, really tough situation. So I'm not saying to start him over a guy like Joe Mixon, but would I be surprised if he finished with more fantasy points than Joe Mixon? No, I wouldn't. So I you never know with DJ either. If his back seizes up, maybe there's a little bit more Edmonds. So... This is an offense I want to get a, a piece of. I'm excited about them in the second half. I want to see Kirk on the field. I think he's a good buy-low candidate, and if he plays, I'm going to like him a lot this week. Yeah, if that he, to me, is the whole key. If, if they have another weapon opposite Larry Fitzgerald, it changes the whole dynamic of this offense because we, we talked about it on Monday. When Max Williams and is getting three catches um, – you know, Pharaoh Cooper's getting three catches. Demir Bird's getting two catches. That this right. is not. There's no one opposite Larry Fitzgerald that like is a is a major threat. When you put Christian Kirk out there, that's a legit alpha type receiver that you're throwing out there, and it changes the whole dynamic of how you have to play defense against them. And I if, if but if Kirk doesn't play, you mentioned you asked Chris that question. I don't I don't want anybody there. But if you're in a league where like you start. I don't know, 14, 14 starting spots and like 12 flexes. And then maybe the guy that I would potentially want a piece of in, in a situation <laughs> like that is Demir Bird, solely because he's a big play guy. And there is there is at least some upside there. Whereas Keyshawn Johnson is a little more of a possession receiver. It's a, it's a low floor, low ceiling uh, type guy for me. I want the guy, you know, in a super deep league that's got a shot to have a big game. And, and I think that's Bird with the big plays. Yeah, Bird could be a sneaky tournament play, Jake. You know, you mentioned the footballer show. And it's it's amazing. Bird has 14 catches on the year, not a lot, but 0% ownership in Yahoo. Andy Isabella has zero catches this year and is owned in more leagues than Bird. I don't understand well, what's draft hype. Yeah, what's happening there. I know it's just. You know, a couple percent. <laughs> but Bird Keeper is. Leagues, maybe? Yeah, but Bird is the. Brad's no, right. Yeah. He's the. He's got big playability to him, but he's been in and out of the lineup. All right. Here's the question. So he's been terrific this season. He's been amazing this season. He's been fun this season. He's got a great nickname, no matter what Terry Rozier wants to complain about and no matter what everybody else tries to this F1 doesn't even relate because that's not how you pronounce his last name and all that. I can go down that road for a while here. Uh, but Scary Terry, he's facing the scary defense, and it's the 49ers. Chris, is Terry McLaurin that much of a must-start at this point for you? 
I don't know if he's a must start. Like, no, nope, the answer is yes. In, Brad. In a ten, <laughs> like, you may be playing in a 10-team league and you only start two wide. It's like people play in those silly leagues. But in a standard 12-team, yeah, you saw his floor. All right, for you five people out there listening to the show that play in that kind of league. Man, no, there's, there's, there's some – I've gotten some – I know you get them I more than me. I, I'm, I'm, I I'm 100% get kidding. I've seen it in the comments. Somebody yeah. asked me a question about trading for Christian McCaffrey, and it was Chris Carson and another wide receiver. Like, it was a wide receiver, too. <laughs> and I was like, what the – it was for Christian McCaffrey. He's like, look, I love getting Christian McCaffrey. But then I read his starting lineup is two, two, and one, and I'm like, oh, actually, you can do that. Like yeah. that, that. So I'm, I'm kidding. But yeah, go ahead, Brad. Yeah. Or Brad, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, I start, I start Terry McLaurin. Um, I'm not confident in it. I don't want him as my wide receiver one in my lineup, even though he's a top ten guy right now. I want him as a, my wide receiver three this week. And if that's where he slots into your lineup, then I'm totally good playing him out there because the touchdown upside is immense. If they get in the red zone, they are throwing the ball his way. But the chances of them getting in the red zone against the Niners are, are a lot less than them getting in the red zone against the Dolphins. But here's the good so, news. I will say this, Brad, and I was, to Chris, and this is something I brought up to Pat, too, is why he is a must-start. And I, I agree with you, Van, you know, obviously, 10 team, blah, blah, blah. But and I agree with what you're saying, Brad, is I want him as a wide receiver three. As long as Case Keenum's a quarterback, there's no way Terry McLaurin's ever coming out of my lineup because he's never going to stop throwing the ball. Like, he doesn't care. The Redskins don't care that he's throwing the ball. He's going to keep throwing. He's going to keep throwing. He's going to keep throwing because he's Case Keenum. If they made the switch to Dwayne Haskins, I would actually be a little bit more tentative despite the fact, you know, I've said it since the draft, they played together, but I still think their defense gets reined in and they say to Haskins, you know, you can't just start flinging it wherever the hell you want every single game. But Keenum has that. So, you know, in a game, unless it's like the Dolphins last week, and he's still kind of flung it in that game a lot as well, even in a game where it's the 49ers, I can see him throwing it 40 times still, even if it turns into three or four interceptions, Brad. Yeah, I, I, and there's a connection there. Like everybody talked like there's going to be this great connection between Haskins and, and McLaurin whenever Haskins becomes the quarterback. I think they are just firmly into the Haskins on the Patrick Mahomes plan. He's going to sit out the whole year, maybe play one game at the end of the year, but just learn, just learn from a veteran who's had success in this league, who's taken teams to the NFC championship take, take what soak it all in. And then next year come out and, and have a chance to, to be a decent quarterback. Not that he's at Mahomes level, but I think that's the plan they're looking at the, the Aaron Rodgers type plan. If that's the case, then you know, there's that connection. We'll have to wait a year, but we've seen a great connection with Keenum. So I Keenum has no problem throwing it to, to McLaurin when he's contested. He has no problem. You know, McLaurin has been getting open a lot. It's, it is the Niners defense. So I don't know how much the, the Redskins are going to move the ball, but yeah, put him in your lineup because as long as Keenum's quarterback and he's going to throw the ball, like you said, and, and he's going to force the ball to McLaurin and, and McLaurin can make some of those tough catches. As long as Keenum's playing, absolutely. You, you play him because Keenum wants to play. So if he wants to continue to play, he's going to throw to his best weapon, basically his only weapon. So he's going to play even with these tough matchups next week in Minnesota, in Buffalo. Yikes. I mean, this he's is still going to keep throwing good. the ball yeah, until he gets he's, benched. Exactly. He's, he's and not going to stop. He might even try to throw it from the bench. You already Chris. saw his floor, though, too, against against the Pats. 51 yards. Not bad. <laughs> uh, for the 49ers side of it. So we've had Debo hit twice, Goodwin once. We've had Pettis once, and we've had Richie James once. You have to pick one. Who's it going to be? <laughs> this is a little bit of a an easier situation, I suppose. Um, I'm going to go with Pettis. I think he's trending up. Uh, he's starting to play a little bit more snaps, running more routes. You know, he was hurt early, all the camp reports. He's not gelling with 
with Jimmy, but with I, I th- yeah, I think you know it's it hasn't been great, but again, he's been a little bit better. He catches that pass in week five to Cleveland. He finds a touchdown. You know, last week he had six targets. So if I was to choose one, it, it would be him. But I think it's just going to be a, a heavy run run game again between Breida and Coleman. You figure they're going to be up in this game. They'll lean on the both backs and just kind of run out the clock. Yeah, if I if I'm picking one, actually, I'm going to go Debo. Um, just because I think he's he is a better red zone threat. Um, Pettis, Pettis, it, it feels like when he gets thrown to in the red zone is when a play kind of breaks down. And whereas Debo will be a guy that they would they would run routes designed to get him the ball um, in in tight spaces because he's just so much like bigger physically than a lot of cornerbacks are. He can just kind of box him out and and be open. So I'll, I'll take Debo in that scenario. I'm glad I got wrong. the Niners defense. I'll tell you that. No, you're both wrong. It's Kendrick it Bourne because he hasn't hit yet. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's the only. He guy hasn't had his. It. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't had his game yet. It's, it's his turn. Has he's the only. Or is there somebody else we left that? What about? Has any of them had a game yet? No, like nobody. Goodwin, I guess. No, that's why I said they each, those were games that I was listing off. Those were the top receivers each game. Oh, well, I guess what do you call like a good game? Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's basically Debo, and then Goodwin's game was usable. At some point, this team's gonna have to throw the football. I think the defense Does is it? pretty solid, actually. So maybe. Does it? Yeah, I, maybe not. It's six weeks in. It's the, the same thing we. Backs, though. Yeah. I was gonna say, and it's the same thing we said in the preseason. We still don't even know what grapple is. It's true. It's, when are they gonna get a test to throw the football? I mean, week fourteen in New Orleans, p- perhaps. I hate to bring up Pat again, but he brought up a great question when we did his show, and he said, "What's like we need to see when they're down fourteen to nothing? Like who is Garoppolo?" Yeah, I know. Like, we haven't seen it yet. It's going to be very interesting. Like, hey, do we have any? Let's see. They obviously, it's not going to happen this week. Uh, Panthers, this maybe. Week, yeah. Panthers could do it. Yeah. But then Cardinals, Seahawks at home, maybe. But then Cardinals again, and then Packers. I mean, there's not a lot of week threats. Week fourteen there. in New Orleans, he's going to have to throw the football. There's, there that's go. actually an interesting stretch there, though. Carolina, the Cardinals, who have a great offense. The Seahawks have a good team. The the Cardinals again, aforementioned, great offense. And the Packers, who can be pretty good too. And then the Ravens, then the Saints. Like there's there's a, a, a six game stretch there, seven game stretch there, where they might have some competitive games, and and we might have to see a little more out of Garoppolo. Maybe I kind of see it the other way, as their defense is so good, and those de- most of those defenses are so terrible. It could just be Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida for life. All right, so. Let's go to four more games. Uh, Char- Chargers at the Ryan Tannehills. It, it, the change <laughs> happened. And so, is Corey Davis back on our radar, guys? He's he's at least he's on my radar. I don't know if I'm starting him, but I'm I'm gonna be watching this game and seeing if he's actually gonna have a connection with Tannehill because he's just been pretty disappointing since he's stepped onto the National Football League stage. Really, let's be honest. And I've just made excuses for all the different offensive coordinators and Marcus Mariota. I don't think Tannehill is a huge upgrade, but he could at least throw the ball a little bit better than Mariota. So. I'm not starting him, but I'm encouraged to see maybe Delaney Walker. Maybe this guy can be something because he's been disappointing too. Man, big yikes in Tennessee. I think I think this is the Adam Humphreys connection that that ends up happening here because Tanny Hill is a slot guy. He loved when he was in in Miami. He threw the ball to Jarvis Landry all the time. I think Adam Humphreys is the the receiver, the only receiver that I would have any kind of confidence starting in a PPR type format. Um, just because of the volume there. If, I, if I'm picking one of the outside guys, I'm actually going to go A.J. Brown because we've at least seen big-time explosive plays out of him. Um, he He's a guy that they can throw the ball 15 yards downfield and he could take it 60 more to the house. 
So I and I I'm we haven't seen a whole lot of that in the three years of, of Corey Davis to to feel like that's something that we can count on. And we've seen it out of AJ Brown twice in his rookie season when he hasn't even really uh, had enough snaps to 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 warrant you know being in your fantasy lineup. Um, but now they they you know maybe this is just kind of an energy switch. Like they want to get uh, you know a guy in there who it's just kind of a fresh face at quarterback and it might lift everybody's spirits. And and so I'm if I'm playing one of the outside guys, I'm taking Brown. Humphreys All right, well, Brad, real quick, on the other side of it, Melvin Gordon, I, I, we're still going to keep just rolling him out there despite slow start. Still, quote-unquote, preseason for him? Uh, no, I mean, you've, we've got to be past that point now, but their offensive line is so atrocious that, that I don't know <laughs> – I, I don't know what you do with anybody on this team outside of Hunter Henry and maybe Eckler. I thought Eckler, as bad as their offensive line was playing, um, uh, you know, against the Steelers, I thought there was a chance Eckler would get more dump off passes than he did. Um, it was all going to Henry then, and so I want Hunter Henry. Um, but the like, I, I'm scared of of Mike Williams at this point because there Rivers doesn't have enough time to let the Mike Williams routes develop. And, and, you know, to get downfield and, and the bigger plays, he, he forced a couple balls to him the other night, but he also had to throw a whole bunch away, trying like throwing the ball out of bounds before Williams had even broke on his route because he just didn't have time. And it happened, you know, you saw it on the, the very last, you know, last two plays of the game. Rivers was just dropping back. He was in his own end zone. They had to, you know, they had no timeouts and like a minute left. And he was, he was taking like three steps back and then just chucking the ball in the air and just kind of hoping that somebody would make a play and he ended up throwing a pick. He should have thrown a pick on the first one. And it was a, it was a tough play, but um, you know, it was in the defender's hands and it was just like, he, he just knows if he goes back and sits there with the ball, he's going to just get crushed. And so he just gets rid of it too quick. And so um, yeah, you roll Gordon out there because there, you know, there's red zone potential. Um, there's, there's touchdown potential. I think he's definitely the guy, but it's, I mean, Tennessee's defense is good. Like this, it's not a, a confidence play. I want Gordon maybe as a flex, kind of a flex play this week, as opposed to an RB one or RB two. Um, and but I, Hunter Henry is the only guy in this on this entire offense that I feel confident rolling him out there. I'm sorry, Chris. Brad is taking all your time. Yeah. Moving on to the next. <laughs> it's all good. He wants more touches. Give him more touches. Yeah, he's not wrong. It's 25th and 26th and run block and pass block for the Chargers. That's how abysmal they've been. So Saints at Chicago. Camara last week. Banged up Kamara now, Chris, even more so, starting to questionable tag already. And some reports covering the team are saying potentially even doubtful. You start Kamara against the Bears. Do you start Latavius Murray if Kamara's out? Yeah, I would. I'd start him. Even though like it's a tough team to run on, I still would I still would start him, right? You can't ignore a guy who's going to touch the ball 15 times. I mean, he, he flirted with 10 fantasy points last week. Again, it's not phenomenal, but... Again, it's just, this is the point we're at. We're with some injuries and some guys that are hurt. I think if you're a Camara owner, you probably just want him to sit out to this point. Hopefully you have a backup there because he's – that high ankle sprain, they're bringing guys in to to work out. So I, I would be shocked, actually, if he plays in this matchup. I think he's trending towards towards out. But, yeah, I think you play Latavius. All right, so – I do, too, about... and, and the main reason is because no, the – Kind of ask a question, but that's cool. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. The, I'm just busting. The last time we saw the Bears play, Josh Jacobs ran all over them, and no one saw that coming. And it gave the Saints kind of a blueprint. Well, Alvin, if Alvin Kamara's out, Latavius Murray is a lot more like Josh Jacobs than Alvin Kamara is. I think there's a chance that he actually ends up having a pretty good game. So, what are you guys doing with David Montgomery on the other side of the ball? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think he's he's better suited as a flex. I mean, you probably drafted him as your RB two, but he's he's better suited as a flex guy. I mean, Would you start Latavius Murray with no Camaro over David Montgomery? Yeah, I would. Yes, because he's mm-hmm. he's just guaranteed more touches at this point. We're just hoping that Montgomery gets that kind of workload, but it's been thirteen or fewer carries in three of his five games. So, all right. So yeah, then I one might start him over you. David Montgomery if Camaro plays. Because I don't think if Kamara plays, I think he's going to be kind of limited on a snap count. Just they're going to have to manage a workload a little bit. And I trust anytime someone's touching the ball as much as David Montgomery, I want the other guy, whoever it is. All right. So Allen Robinson against Lattimore. Are we Lattimore has turned right back into what we were concerned about? It took those first couple of weeks where he was abysmal, but he's back. Allen Robinson concerns going against Lattimore, Chris? I would downgrade him, but, I mean, if you weren't concerned last week for Chark against him, you shouldn't be concerned this week with Robinson. He's got at least six catches in five of his six, ga- five of six games, or four of his six, five games, rather. Say that again. Uh, rewind the tape. This guy's getting at least seven catches every single week. I'd play him. All right, so and, and we're, I'm going to go. No, I no, go. you're running out of time. I'm going to the next game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't for you. Yeah, for you, Brad. Yeah, yeah I cut off Chris before. Marquise Brown, assuming he plays in Seattle, do you risk the upside? Yeah, if he plays, I want him in there because there's at any moment he's a 150 yard game, you know, possibility. And Lamar Jackson was playing out of his mind last week. There's when he's scrambling and moving like he is, that just gives guys like Brown a chance to get open. Yeah, I want, I want him. I want Mark Andrews. I want uh, those are probably the only two pieces in the you know from the receiving game that I want in Baltimore. But I play them both for sure. On the other side of the bowl, well, look, we know what's going on with the Seahawks. They're easy to figure out at this point. But Will Disley is out for the season. Luke Wilson, if you're desperate, question, Brad. Yeah, yeah, play him. Because he they they brought him back in for a reason. He's familiar with the offense. They, you know, they like him. They had no problem trading uh I don't whoever they traded to the Steelers. Um, but they yeah, they I, I I roll him out there because he's got an opportunity. He's got the Disley role now all to himself. So yeah. Take a shot. Same for you, Chris. Noah Fant or Will or Luke Wilson with two L's. Um, probably Fant against KC. <laughs> you don't want to take a third L. <laughs> exactly, and that's what you'll take <laughs> if you roll out Luke Wilson. Uh, all right, last game. Your boys, Chris. To bring it back to you, the Eagles at the Cowboys. There's actually a lot of interest to go around here because on the first side of things, sounds like Cooper is not going to play. So let's start with the Cowboys. Look, you're not sitting Ezekiel Elliott, but nobody really runs against the Eagles, but he can still get a touchdown. Dalvin Cook had a terrible matchup earlier this year, got his touchdown. So we're not worried about Ezekiel Elliott. But let's say no Cooper. Michael Gallup, so this is what I brought up, Chris, and this is what I think is a legitimate concern. Like You're starting Michael Gallup. But for the people that are saying, like, oh, wide receiver one is going to be a bonanza against the Eagles, just what if? Let me ask you, you brought up the Juju Smith-Schuster this offseason saying Juju Smith-Schuster might not be able to handle being a number one. That was even before Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. The Eagles' secondary is god-awful. We know that. However, what if they double cover Michael Gallup? And what if Michael Gallup isn't quite ready to handle that kind of attention despite it being the Eagles? Is this, and I say all that, is there somebody besides him with Devin Smith with his big playability? Redno Cobb sound like he's banged up. Maybe Tavon Austin and the underneath routes because of what we brought up last week with Stefan Diggs, or are you just going Gallup and nothing else? Yeah, Tavon's actually interesting. <laughs> We've come to this. I was thinking about I can't Tavon. We're bringing I Tavon know Austin. it's unbelievable. <laughs> I actually he was the person for me that started worst place for me. Fair. 
Absolutely. Remember the Rams paid him. It's another Rams crazy signing. Uh, what was it like? Six hundred and six hundred rushing and receiving more, that year or something. Yeah, stupid? I think it was like twelve million, and he had fewer than twelve catches in that one season. His it last was like one a million with a the catch. Rams. <laughs> yeah, it was yikes. But I mean, this is where we're at. You're so, right about Cooper. Uh, look, I know we got to get out of here, but real, real, real quick, we were doing a draft that year. When he got paid all that money, it was the year that he bombed. It fell apart. Like so, we're drafting, and it's in my home auction draft, and it's a very close friend of mine. He goes, a jump bid to start him. He threw him out. He goes, Tavon Austin, fifteen dollars, and I went, and nobody else bid. And after the draft, he goes, why did you do that to me? He goes, I didn't want Tavon Austin. And I was like, I'm sorry, I couldn't keep it in. <laughs> well, it's amazing. That was the big year he had, 2016, 58 catches on 106 targets. And then the following year after that big contract, right, the following year. 13 yeah. catches for 47 yards. But uh, last week was encouraging, I guess. Um, you know, Devin Smith just seems to be a DFS dart throw. That's it. He's had one good game. Maybe he can be involved this week if there's no Cobb and no Cooper. But Tavon is the one. I would play. It looks like potentially the Eagles could get back Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills. That'll help out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't expect Gallup to or Gallup to just put up Diggs numbers. He. I think he needs to have Cooper on the other side of the field to to put up that kind of performance. But uh, yeah, this Eagles secondary is atrocious. You're definitely starting him. He's locked in as a wide receiver too, for sure. Yeah. All right. So Brad, you don't disagree, right? No. I- I, I think Jason Witten's a good play this week with, if, if Cooper's out. But other than that, yeah, I'd, I, there isn't anybody else I want to put in my lineup besides Gallup. I think you'll see the, oh, the, the Dallas lean on Zeke a little bit. I think they they yeah, did that so, in the second half, give him almost 28 carries. I think he had 20 carries. I would expect that again this week from him. So both of you kill me at the end of the show. I keep going. Like, are you done? Are you done with your sentence? <laughs> done now. <laughs> I'm going to add to it now. <laughs> All right. Brad, Miles Sanders on the other side, it, the touches are not trustworthy, but he's getting enough in the passing game where he's essentially kind of turned into Darren Sproles now for the Eagles. So do you roll him out in half in full point BPR against the Cowboys? Yeah, definitely. He's, I mean, he's a weapon and they're, they're going to, I feel like the more this happens, they're going to figure out ways. Last week, the game script was terrible. Like they were just getting trounced by the Vikings early in the game. I don't see that happening uh, with Dallas as good as the run defense is. As good as um, you know, w- without Cooper in the game, I've, they're they're going to be throwing the ball a lot because they're probably going to be having to to keep up with Dallas just because of how bad their secondary is. So yeah, so I I roll Sanders out there for sure. I think he has a forty yard catch in three of his last four. You're right, Jake. He's involved in the passing game, so he's like between him and Chase Edmonds, I would play Sanders. Like if you were back and forth in the two guys. Is there somebody that you want to gamble on outside of that? On anybody else in this game before we close it out? Not really. I don't nope. think Deshaun Jackson is play. Yeah, you play Howard. Well, I, I didn't consider him a gamble. I kind of consider him as an RB2 at this point as much as we all do that with a grimacing face. I mean, yeah. he, he is at this point. <laughs> yeah, his last few games have been disappointing, but for sure he is. I mean, the way Jones ran in, over. You can roll Dallas Goddard out there. He's starting to get more active in the passing game. Ertz had a fumble last week, and, and so they might If there's start... no Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, I don't. And I don't yeah, if there's no G Jackson, and it sounds like he's still, yeah. you know, not practicing at least at least to this point. So I, I would say it's unlikely he plays Sunday. All right. Well, hopefully it's not unlikely that you're still listening to this podcast every single week and everything 
over the athletic and following Chris Meany at Chris Meany. As I'm staring, Barkley sitting up in our cage. You better not poop. I better wait for me. Poop, uh, Barkley, Brad poop. Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. I'm at All in Kid. We'll be back on Monday again. Check out everything theathletic.com slash throwback. Forty percent off all the podcasts, all the information, all the articles. So much good stuff over there. And good luck in week seven. I can't believe we're almost halfway there.